When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. I showed up to work. I'm here to face the music. Joe and Amber, find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. I am depressed, Joe. I am actually depressed. That's how I feel right now. I feel depressed. I feel sad. I feel deflated. Not as disappointed as I would imagine you would be had you been a Nuggets fan if they had lost the series, right? Because overall, the way that this season went for the Heat, it was completely unexpected. A heck of a postseason run. I just am not at a point yet where I want to reflect on how great it all was. Today, I'm sad, and I feel like I deserve to be a little sad today. It's okay that I'm sad that we lost, by the way, our third straight NBA Finals. Well, that's why I'm here, because I can share in all the jewelry. If you're going to do try it, it again, I mean, you're you coming off Daily Wager. Right. You've been talking a lot today. You've the there glory. been a lot of hats here at ESPN. I'll say this. There are probably people that thought I was going to come on here and just bury you, bury mm-hmm. you for the recklessness of your opinion, analysis, takes, whatever you want to call it, coming off that game two win that the Heat had. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. That's what a lesser man does. And I think a lesser person in James Steele putting together that soundbite with whatever backup from the bench you brought on this show when I was off last week. And you give whoever that is billing over me. I'm not coming after you today. I think all jokes aside, and I love Drew Carter and he understands that. All jokes aside, enjoy the fact that you got that run. As a Philly fan, I would have loved to have had that run. Had it, having that run with the Phillies to the World Series last year, yes, it really hurt when Houston ended up taking them out and they didn't win. But it was so much fun up till that point, beating the Padres, Bryce Harper, everything in between. It's going to sting now. But that was awesome because you didn't expect any of it. You and I were watching that game together on this show against the Atlanta Hawks in the play-in, and mm-hmm. we're like, what a joke this Heat team is. They couldn't care less. And they made it all the way to Game 5 of the NBA Finals. So you still have a lot to be thankful for. That was a fun run, was it not? It was an unbelievable run. Now, they it was suck so bad in the NBA Finals. Well, it's so really important we now turn thing. our attention. Okay, all right, <laughs> I'm, settle I'm, down, I'm settle down. I'm kidding. You're, it, it, it was a hell of a run. It was unbelievably fun. It was completely unexpected. I watched that team, obviously, all regular season long. It was a tough watch over and over and over again. They were trash in the regular season. They were trash in the play-in games. They didn't decide to get competitive until, what, three minutes left in that second play-in game that they played. But then after that, it was a Cinderella-type run, and it just kept getting better and better until it didn't. And it didn't against the Denver Nuggets. But why I was so frustrated last night is it felt, again, like a winnable game because defensively, the Heat had been more effective against the Nuggets than anybody else, and it's not even close. And they were effective last night against the Nuggets defensively. That was a winnable game, 
and they didn't win it because they once again had no offense and their best player didn't decide to show up until the last three minutes of the game. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. I think it would have hurt less, Joe, had Jokic had the 45-point crazy triple-double with the 15 assists. That wasn't the game he played last night. And the fact that they were a bit pedestrian by Denver Nugget standards and that we still couldn't get it done, and it felt like it was ours for the taking there in the last few minutes, that ends up hurting more. I think I would have rather them just been so dominant and Jokic himself had just been so spectacular that I could have easily thrown my hands up and said, yeah, I mean, clearly the better team. And they are the better team, don't get me wrong. But they were the better team with a more pedestrian performance, and it could have been extended if shooters could shoot for the Miami Heat and if Jimmy Butler had come to play. Denver was 5 of 28 from three-point range. That's 17%. If there's a game to win, that's it. But that has been Miami's problem all throughout the offseason. There's two ways that they don't win. Actually, it's just one. They don't win when they don't shoot extraordinarily hot. Their one game this series that they won back in game two, they were lights out above all season averages, and they were able to get the job done. But outside of that, when you're going against a team like Denver, the Jokic scoring option, the Murray scoring option, if you somehow find a way to limit those two guys, now you got to worry about Aaron Gordon. You just didn't have that in Miami. So I guess Heat fans turn their attention to whether or not they can acquire Dame Lillard this offseason, while Nuggets fans sit around thinking to themselves, my God, what a run. Because even if you're a Nugget fan, you had to doubt some of this as it was starting. Number one seed, you're going to go up against guys like Durant, LeBron, Jimmy Butler. Along the way, you're going to find some pitfalls, but they went 16-4 and four in the postseason. You don't see that very often. Yeah, they were dominant. They were dominant all regular season long. They were dominant in the postseason. They have the best player in the world on their team, and most people certainly recognize that at this point, and he is completely uninterested in winning championships. And that's what we learned after he actually won a championship. Jokic, the Nugget Center, was on ABC after the game. Here he is. Now you are an NBA champion, Nicola. How does that feel? It's good. It's good. The job is done. We can go home now. We can go home now. And boy, does that man want to go home. He was frustrated when he found out that there's a parade that he has to stay for. Like, I just want to go home and go home to my horses. And he even alluded at the press conference. He even said, well, everybody hates their job, right? So apparently that dude is that good while not actually enjoying any of this. His brothers, on the other hand, and his wife, they seem to enjoy this all tremendously. Jokic himself seems rather joyless about the whole thing. Imagine how good he'd be if he actually enjoyed playing basketball. <laughs> I think remarkable. I think he does enjoy. I think he's just different and cut from a different cloth, whereas this is business, and when business is done, he goes home. You know, that's a very common concept everywhere outside of America where we just treat our careers like they're the most important things that have ever existed in the history of the planet, while other people... Like the Italians, for example, they shut down for lunch. How nice would it be in this country if we just shut down for lunch? Oh, yes. I, I could I could use a little siesta every afternoon like they do in Spain. I agree with you. But sports tends to be that exception all around the world, right? I mean, typically we don't see the soccer players on an international scale talking about how they don't care 
about winning the World Cup. They don't care about the championships or seem very indifferent after accomplishing said goal that they've been working their entire lives towards. He's a different type of dude. And it's honestly alluring in a lot of ways. Like, he's very lovable and likable because of it, right? Like, he seems very down to earth. The whole thing is sort of just so remarkable and unusual that I think it adds to the whole mystique of Jokic. And it makes him that much more likable, frankly, as a superstar. No doubt. He's gonna- now, here's what we're going to do real quick. I got a pizza money that's starting right now. So we'll talk about the accounting and everything later. Luis Severino, he's pitching for the Yankees tonight. We're going under four and a half strikeouts, minus 108. Four starts this year, four and a half strikeouts per game. But that's against the Reds, Padres, Dodgers, and White Sox, who all rank in the bottom half of MLB in strikeouts per game. The Mets are the strikeout the fourth fewest amount of any team in Major League Baseball. Pizza money number one, Luis Severino. It's about to start under four and a half strikeouts. Sorry for interrupting. Just wanted to slide that out there for the fellow degenerates. I'm glad you got that in there. There will be plenty more of that on tonight's show on Joe and Amber. We're talking about Nikola Jokic. Is this just the beginning of his run at these championships that he seems pretty indifferent about? Or will the Nuggets title be a one-and-done situation? We will get into the future of the now NBA champion, Denver Nuggets. That is next. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'll say this as a brokenhearted Heat fan, because of course, anytime you lose and lose a title in particular, you're going to be a little bit brokenhearted, even if you had a hell of a run to get there. As a brokenhearted Heat fan, I will say losing to that Nuggets team There's something about it that doesn't feel as bad. And as part of that story is that 47-year drought or whatever it was that they just broke with that franchise not having 
a championship, the longest tenured franchise to not have a championship in the entire NBA. So you feel good for them from that perspective. You feel like they deserved it, they earned it, and boy, did that fan base wait a long time. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. But now, Joe, the question moving forward is, how much longer are they going to have to wait? Because they have the best player in the world on their team. They've got Jamal Murray. They've got a good supporting cast. And now they've got that next thing that everybody always questions. They've got the championship pedigree. Now they have won one. So you can't say, well, they've never been here before. How are they going to handle it? Michael Malone, the Nuggets head coach, thinks that this won't be the only time that they're on that stage. All the hard work, all the sacrifice, all the dedication, all culminated with us winning a championship. But I got news for everybody out there. We're not satisfied. We won. We want more. We want more. So it's already begun. They want more. Not one, not two, not three. They want more. Are well, they they're fired more? up. They're fired up. They got the talent. I mean, they got the talent. They've got the roster. They've been there. They've shown they can get it done. Obviously, you need a lot to break your way if you're going to make another run. You got to stay healthy. You got to hope a new threat doesn't arise to a certain level. But people are going to take you far more seriously than they did in the past. Because going into Denver, that is a really tough home court. I mean, they just went 16 and four in the postseason. Miami was the only team to catch them, the only team to catch them on their home floor. So that's absolutely something that's going to be dangerous for everybody else moving forward. But how does the team respond, right? How does Malone respond? There are two ways this can go. You party, you celebrate, you have a good time, and then you turn your attention to next season. Or you get a little bit complacent. You show up a little bit overweight. You're not as hungry the following year, and you get caught by someone who's hungrier. Happened to the Philadelphia Eagles when they won that Super Bowl a few years back. They came back way too fat and happy the next year. And everything slowly but surely fell apart until you got to a point where Doug Peterson lost his job. Carson Wentz was shipped out of town. They completely rebooted. Um, That's going to be the big thing for Mike Malone moving forward, who has done a remarkable job as a coach, an absolutely remarkable job. When you think about what he's been through, they were close to getting rid of him a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. They gave him a chance. And look what he ended up turning the franchise into. Well, there's a real lesson here for NBA franchises. These are two of the longest tenured coaches in the NBA. This is number two and number three in terms of tenure pop being number one on that list. So your second and third longest tenured coaches in the NBA were in an NBA finals. Is that a coincidence? Probably not. And so I do wonder if NBA franchises are going to be looking at that like, hey, maybe we need to not give up on these guys quite so quickly because it does matter when you provide that loyalty loyalty to your coaches and when also they feel like they have that job security. I know that's something that has certainly been a huge benefit to Eric Spolstra in Miami all these years, but now to Michael Malone as well. I don't think they're going to have to worry about Jokic coming back too happy and satisfied and complacent because he doesn't seem emotional at all. Like, I don't even think he really wanted this one. So, eh. If he doesn't really want the next one, whatever. He'll probably still get it because he's that great. They're certainly set up to win more championships because of Nikola Jokic. And because that supporting cast has proven itself, yes, they've been there. Yes, they've got a great coach. But it all comes down to the landscape of the West. Like, they really rolled through this thing. And in some ways, they got lucky with their matchups. They caught a Suns team that had only played, what, 10 games together. That's going to be a different, very different story, you would imagine, next season. If the Miami Heat, as an eighth seed, with Jimmy Butler not playing well in this series can take a game at Ball Arena, I would imagine that this is not a team that is undefeatable, right? Like, this is not the 2000. 2000- 
15 warriors where we're talking dynasty yet. There are some cracks in the foundation there for the Denver Nuggets, as great as this has been. So it's all going to come down to what happens with those other teams in the West. But they're certainly suited because of their leader to get back there. All right, two points to address because there was a lot of a lot of classic Amber word salad there. So we're going to have to parse through all of this. Number one, I don't think that's fair to do the thing we're doing now. It's not, you had to bring this up, but everyone, I, Tyler's doing this on Daily Wager. All this, they caught an easy path. What's so easy about the path? Minnesota, I agree. The Timberwolves stink. They were fighting each other on the court with a week to go in the season. But the Suns, as soon as Durant landed in Phoenix, everybody was anointing them the most serious threat in the West to the point where they were literally favored over the Nuggets to win that series. So then Denver rolls through them, and immediately we all change our opinion. Well, you know, Phoenix wasn't that good. Then it's the Lakers series. And what are we saying about the Lakers? Well, look at LeBron. Look at how well they've played late in the season. They're really gelling at the right time. They just waxed the Warriors. Denver sweeps them. Ah, that Laker team wasn't very good. And then we get to the Heat, and just when everyone's buying into the Heat, who just ran through the Eastern Conference, the thought process is, well, you know, the Heat didn't have a lot of scoring. We always want to do this with everybody. We want to take down every champion at every turn for some reason other than another. It wasn't fair when Kevin Durant joined the Warriors. LeBron won it in a bubble. Uh, Milwaukee watched uh, Chris Paul get hurt. And then whatever last year was, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum couldn't handle the big spot. And then Miami didn't have a lot of scoring. Like, we do this to everybody. We do it at every I'm not trying to tear them turn. down, but, I mean, the reality I'm not, is— I'm not coming at you for this. The, I thought reality, you made a good point by bringing it up. Too many yeah. other people are doing that, though. But it's because their path was an eighth seed, a seventh seed, and a fourth seed. So, like, that in and of itself—now, given that's what happens when you're the one seed in the conference. Well, who but was they two? Memphis? A, Would we have been impressed right. with Memphis? Probably not. Kings— they were pretty good this season. Right now, Kings Kings were new blood. They were new money. No one was going to get excited about them. John Morant was troubled, and Memphis couldn't win on the road. There was an excuse for everybody. If they had played Boston and beat him, everyone would say, well, Udoka wasn't a coach, and Boston only got there because Miami wasn't very good. There would be a line for everybody. We, 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 we get too caught up in this. It's true, but every NBA champion, the reality is there's normally also a little luck on your side. There's some yeah. health luck on your side, and also those matchups matter, and when you catch them, matters. Like I just do think that it matters that they're up against the side. And I know it's still Kevin Durant, and it's still Devin Booker, even with an injured CP3, but you caught them when they'd only played 10 games together. So I do feel like that could be a different story next season. Now, is it definitely going to be? I don't know. Probably not it, it, I my money might still be on Denver after getting it done but it's probably going to look a little different in Phoenix after them playing an entire season together by the time they get to a postseed it's, it's that's all I mean it's those types of factors moving forward because it's not just about Denver and how good they are I don't see anything changing on that front next season what I see maybe changing is the competition around Denver and it's just not easy to get to and win in NBA finals Without question. And to your other point earlier about coaching in the finals, look at the last three champions in the NBA. Denver, year before that, Golden State, year before that, Milwaukee. What do they all have in common? Patience. Patience. They built around their stars. They had coaches who had been around for a while. They didn't panic like the Sixers or the Nets or any of these teams who just immediately blow it all up or make massive trades or massive firings when things don't go their way. They stayed the course, and they were rewarded for doing that. Milwaukee not patient anymore, though. 
So we will see. No, no, they are not. How that like they're not patient anymore. Uh, it, it's interesting how those things change. But I do think the this NBA Finals, these two teams, it was a testament to some of that patience and a testament to that job security at the head coaching position. Coming up next, how comparable are the Nuggets to the early days of the Warriors dynasty? We'll get into it. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. All you have to do is tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio to listen to us. It is that simple. Find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Let's bring in some help with the conversation to try to put a bow here on the NBA season. ESPN senior writer Andre Snellings joining us here. Andre, thanks so much for joining us. Does Nikola Jokic actually like winning NBA titles? What's your takeaway from last night? <laughs> well, first of all, Amber, I'm I'm so sorry. Uh, you I know, know, I'm Ugh. a Bengals fan. When we lost to the Rams a couple years ago, if they would have asked me to host the three-hour show talking about it the next day, I might have cried. So, you know, you you, you were stronger. <laughs> you're, you're stronger than I am. I really um, I'm going to jump that. in here. This I is not it. Miami local sports talk radio. We don't need to apologize. You hey, can come you know, on and say whatever you like, Mister. I'm Snell. like Jokic today. You know, there's sometimes my job sucks. <laughs> a job is still a job. Today would be one of those days. I appreciate Dre for recognizing it. <laughs> right. As far as Jokic goes, I love his interviews. You know, it's it's been weeks now because every time he does something that no one's ever done before they say well what how did you feel when you got that crazy triple double how did you feel when you did something that nobody since wilt has done his answer is always i don't care i, I, I don't care i play basketball you know so so now it's you you just won the championship instead of i'm going to disney world it's i, I don't care i go home now you know right. so I, I love that he's so laid back about it and i feel like that kind of even killness probably helps the team moving forward because the, the, your main player is so calm and so matter-of-fact about everything, it's kind of hard for anybody else to get too caught up in the moment when it's like, okay, well, look at Nikola over there. He's, he's racing his horses, so I, I guess I should uh, be calm myself. <laughs> so there's a, there's this, we had this discussion in the last segment about the path the Nuggets had to the championship. They went 16-4 and over 20 games. Minnesota, Phoenix, the Lakers, and the Heat. There's a thought process that maybe it wasn't the most difficult of paths. Let's skip through that for a second. Who out there that they didn't face would have been good enough to beat them now that we've seen how good they really are? So here's the thing. I'm not an asterisk guy. You know, I wasn't one that said, oh, the Lakers, it was a bubble championship. Like, if you won the championship, that means you are the champion. So that's kind of a full stop. But as far as when you start trying to analyze and say, okay, well, how, how would this team do moving forward or how would this team compare with other teams historically, I think it's fair to evaluate the level of competition. As far as teams that could have given them trouble, I think the list probably is the three top seeds in the East that didn't make it um, if they were healthy because Jokic had such an advantage just physically over – every center that he uh, faced in, in, in this postseason run. You know, Anthony Davis is an excellent defensive center, and so is Bam Adebayo, but they're just too slim. Uh, you know, when, when the Lakers were able to beat the Nuggets a few years ago, they had Dwight Howard to bang with Jokic. You know, they didn't have that this year. So I think that it would have been interesting to see him battle Embiid. It would have been interesting to see him battle that big Bucks front line. 
even the Celtics, you know, with, with Horford and, and, and the Time Lord could have made life more interesting for him. I don't know if they would have won, but I would have liked to have seen some of those healthy matchups. ESPN senior writer Andre Snelling's joining us here on Joe and Amber. Last night hurt, obviously, for me. But one of the reasons I was saying that it hurt so much, Andre, was because last night wasn't by any means the Nuggets' best performance. It almost felt like to me it would have hurt less had Jokic just been like, you know, another 45-point triple-double from Jokic where he felt unstoppable, and then I would have thrown up my arms in defeat. There's nothing you can do. That wasn't at all how Denver played last night. It felt like Miami was really effective defensively against Denver, by far the best in terms of the postseason of anybody disrupting Denver defensively, and yet the Heat just could not for the life of them, find the offense. What did you make of that last night from them? I think everything with the Heat always starts and ends with Jimmy Butler, right? And I've been tracking this for weeks. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one, but Jimmy Butler hasn't been the same since he hurt his ankle against the Knicks in game one. It's, it's evident. And it seems that he doesn't want to speak on it. He's not the type of guy that would, you know, try to make an excuse. But the man was averaging almost 39 points a game in that those first five playoff games against the Bucks, a really good defense. And then since then, he averaged under 20, like 23 point something, shooting 41, 42% from the field. I was watching that game last night. He had no legs, like none. And for the Heat offense to work, it's Jimmy Butler to threaten the opposing team, and then that opens things up for the shooters. Well, against the Nuggets in this series, Butler couldn't threaten them enough to open up those shooters, and so the Nuggets could stay home more on the shooters, and they were guys that needed someone to create shots for them. So the, the play that, that epitomized it for me was with 24 seconds left, and it's like a two-point game, and Jimmy Butler drives directly to the front of the rim, and Nikola Jokic is there, but Jokic cannot jump. Everybody knows this. Jimmy Butler would normally try to dunk it on him. Instead, he's like, oh, I, I better you know, try to kick it out and he ends up throwing it away for a turnover. So, you know, I, I agree the Nuggets didn't play their best game, but the Heat had no chance if they couldn't get at least a couple games out of quote-unquote Hemi Butler, and I think physically Hemi just was not in the building. Dre, as we look ahead to next season and what it's going to mean for Denver and how formidable they can be coming off a championship, teams go one of two ways. Some get complacent, some are hungry for even more. What do you think about them next year? What do you think the biggest threat in the West is going to be? I, I like the, the Nuggets for the fact that they do have, we talked about Jokic's attitude. We haven't talked about Jamal Murray's. He's become one of my favorite players in the league because he's so humble and he steps up in the big moments and he just feels like the kind of guy that along with Jokic would want this to be the start of something bigger. And I guess along with Coach Michael Malone, right, he was already talking kind of dynasty next championship in the post-game uh, press conference last night. So I feel like the, the Nuggets, plus the fact that all six of their top five players, I mean, all six of their top players are in their mid-20s, like from 24 to 29. And that, of course, that's counting Brown, who may or may not be there. But most of their guys are under contract for, for multiple years. So they have the core to be a team that could compete for championships for a long time. And I feel like they have the fewest question marks among the potential contenders. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean 
that once the season starts, that'll be the case. You know, we don't know what's going to happen in Milwaukee with uh, them uh, retaining their free agents. We don't know what's going to happen with Philadelphia and James Harden. We don't know what's going to happen with the Celtics and Jalen Brown. You know, you go down the list. We don't know what's going to happen with the Lakers. Are they going to try to run it back or, or bring in another big player? You know, there's, it, it goes on and on. So I feel like the Nuggets are set up to compete at a high level next season. Whether or not they'll be the favorite once the season starts, uh, I kind of need to see uh, what moves are made this offseason. Senior writer Andre Snelling joining us here on Joe and Amber. You can't see my screen, obviously, in front of me here, Andre. But for you and the listening audience, James Steele sometimes writes on my screen that we all share question suggestions. And his question suggestion for you is heat stuff, blah, blah, blah. Because James Steele <laughs> cannot wait for me to never utter another word about the Miami Heat this summer. A joke's on you, James. I'm going to, because I imagine, Andre, that we're going to be talking about the Heat even this offseason. They've been to two NBA titles here in Jimmy's run. They've won three Eastern, con- or they've been to three Eastern Conference uh, title games as well. Yet it hey, doesn't Amber, feel like words. they. Damian yes. Lillard. Okay, there you go. Yeah, take it from there. I mean, that's where I'm going with this. What do they need to do to get over the the hump? Yeah, I mean, the fact that Damian Lillard jumps into uh, a a conversation where he says, oh, I'd love to play for the Heat, and Bam Adebayo is my dog. Dame is so famously loyal to the Trailblazers that it it sounded kind of funny to hear him talking openly about another team. But it kind of feels like the writing could be on the wall this year with, with Portland. They have the number three overall draft pick. It looks like they might have a chance at Scoot Henderson, who plays uh, in a way that would be difficult, I think, for him and Dame to coexist. And the rest of that team is young. So maybe the Trailblazers finally do move Dame Lillard. And the the Heat have some pieces. They could put together a Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and three first-round draft picks type, type package and see if that's enough for the Trailblazers. It, it may not be because for Lillard you can get, you know, cream of the crop. But if it is, then, yeah, obviously, if there's a player in the NBA that epitomizes, quote-unquote, heat culture that doesn't play for the heat, it's Dame Lillard. And, oh, by the way, he's also one of the best scorers that the NBA's ever seen. Ooh, and boy, do we need that scoring. Andre Snellings, ESPN senior writer. Thanks, Dre. Thanks for having me. A deal. The question always becomes, though, to get a player like Lillard, what are you going to give up? Because right, so Phoenix gave up everything for Durant, and they had no depth. So if you acquire Lillard, great, you have another scorer, but how many of your depth options are gone? Well, the good thing for Miami Heat is they grow on trees for that franchise. Yeah. I mean, that's the reality of the situation, right? Like, I don't know if you're that franchise, if you're as worried about depth as long as you don't have to give up Jimmy and you don't have to give up Bam. And Damian Lillard made it very clear that one of the reasons he would want to come to Miami is because Bam is his boy. So I'm imagining if you're Damian Lillard, you wouldn't want Bam anywhere near being included in that deal. So what does that deal look like? It would have to look like something like Tyler Hero, Kyle Lowry of their interest. Trusted uh, Nikola Jovic, the draft pick for the Heat from this past draft, the 18th pick in the 2023 draft. They've got a first rounder in the 2027th draft they could move. They've got multiple second rounders in the next few drafts that they could throw in there as well. I think it would have to look like something like that. I also think we have to start asking the question if playoff Jimmy's only kind of like first half playoff Jimmy. Oh, come on. Because it seems like the last two times we've seen playoff Jimmy make a run of the finals, it really starts to fall apart towards the end. Well, and he's exhausted. And maybe it's because he does have to do too much 
for the first half of their postseason run. I mean, I think it is a fair question to ask. I don't think that it's necessarily Jimmy, anything wrong, particularly with Jimmy somehow tapering off or not caring enough. I don't think anybody wants an NBA title more than Jimmy Butler, but I do wonder if it's just too much on him. Another superstar like a Damian Lillard that can provide some scoring relief there would certainly take some of that onus off Jimmy. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, it took almost 50 years for the Denver Nuggets to win a title, but there's a team tonight that could win it in less then a decade, we will get into that. Another South Florida team setting themselves up for heartbreak. Joe and Amber is on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Just about 12 minutes, the puck will drop in Stanley Cup Finals Game 5 between the Florida Panthers and the Las Vegas Golden Knights. This should be... A very emotional series for me and Joe. He's in Vegas. I'm the South Florida girl. And yet we've hardly had much banter about this series. Another series where the South Florida team finds itself down three games to one. We will get into that series as we head into that game in just a moment. But first, Joe's got some advice. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, let's handle the accounting first. Last time we hit some of this up was last Wednesday. So we had some Nuggets futures we had to account for. We had all our last bets. So the la- everything up to square, five and two, but only up 0.75 units. That's what an idiot I am for doubling up on Josh Taylor Saturday night. Thank you very much for getting beat up in that fight. So overall, the show is 139 wins, 131 defeats, one push plus 8.47 units. Vegas on the puck line tonight, it's plus 122 over the Panthers. That means they win by two or more goals. It's a gut play. This town is ready to explode. They're trying to finish the job. They started six years ago when they went to the Stanley Cup final in their first year of existence. The building is going to be rocking. When Vegas wins, they tend to win by two or more goals, 10 of 15 playoff games by two or more goals. To be honest, there's a case to be made that this should have been a sweep because game three, the Knights dominated for 57 minutes and then got caught late. So be it. They bounce back in game four, and now they handle their business tonight. Do or die game for the Panthers, which means you got to get the net minder out even earlier than normal late in the game if you're down by one goal, which helps us with the empty netter. Pizza money number two, Knights, puck line, plus 122 over Florida. Not going to be an easy feat for the Florida Panthers. Not going to be an easy feat because they're trying to claw their way back from a 3-1 deficit, something that's only happened on this stage one other time in NHL history. But this team has done it on a lower stage. They just did it against the Boston Bruins, so they certainly will be confident, I would imagine, in themselves. The problem is that they need scoring, and Matthew Kachuk is not playing tonight. That word just came down. He's been dealing with an undisclosed injury. He is out of the lineup tonight. That ain't going to be good for them to not have... Their 25-year-old left winger who's tied for the postseason lead with 24 points. Yeah, shares third place with 11 goals and finds himself out of the lineup for a do-or-die game for the Florida Panthers. So that's not good news. They haven't gotten help from the other guys that they certainly need help from here from the Florida Panther side. And then you mentioned it, the way that the Golden Knights have been winning games. They're just monstrous, and they just score so many goals I'm trying to find the numbers. I'm trying to rush to find the numbers because I had the stat. 
in front of me earlier. I'll find it in a second where the way that they've been playing when they go up, when they score something like three or four goals, like it's totally a wrap for the Vegas Golden Knights. They've just been unstoppable when their offense, when they find their offense and their offense is clicking. So trying to stop that will be, of course, goal number one, no pun intended, for the Florida Panthers tonight. That has not been easy for the Panthers in this series. So the history that Vegas is potentially standing on right now, it's wild. And just being out here, there was a flyover with the Jets. The entire town is buzzing. Practices that our kids have are canceled Everybody's watching this. Like it's, it, it is really, if you have no idea, and I can completely understand people not coming to Vegas and paying attention to hockey, I get it. But to, under, to try to comprehend what this team means to this city is very difficult to try to convey. If you have your windows open tonight, you're in your backyard, you will hear everyone in the neighborhood screaming with this game. It is a hockey team. Hockey doesn't rate anywhere near the other pro sports in this country. But in this town, it is everything. The license plates, the memorabilia, the way people build their schedules around it, the kids who have taken up skating and playing hockey. You go back six years from this day, we didn't have hockey. We didn't have the Raiders. We didn't have the Aces. We didn't have the Lights FC soccer team. And it was looked upon as something that was tawdry. The idea of professional sports coming to this town, the gambling component, the integrity component, and now six years later, the Knights are in their second Stanley Cup final. The Aces just won the WNBA championship. The NFL is here. Formula One's coming this year. The Super Bowl's here next year. It is wild, the transformation that's taken place here. So if you're ever in town and you have an opportunity to even come see your own team play against the Knights, highly recommend it. It's one of the best shows in town because it is not just a standard show up. Some people like hockey and the rest of the town doesn't care. Everyone lives and breathes this stuff. And it's in part because of the way that they play hockey, that offensive juggernaut, like I said. So they're very fun to watch, not so much for Florida Panthers fans, but for everybody else watching them. If you don't have a stake in this game, they've outscored opponents 23 to 9 over the last five games. They produce at least three goals in each of it. They're 15 wins thus far this postseason. They score goals. If you like offense, then you will like the Las Vegas Golden Knights. I don't have much hope for the Florida Panthers tonight. And just what a bummer, because you just mentioned all the great things about Vegas and made Vegas sound like the center of the sports universe. 48 hours ago, I was feeling like Miami was the center of the sports universe, in part because you had the Heat and you had the Florida Panthers in these finals. And now, unfortunately for South Florida, it feels like they're going to be on the losing end of both of those equations. And not just on the losing end, but the way in which they're going to lose both of these series, or it feels like that anyways. Hopefully the Florida Panthers can give the Miami fan base some hope there, but if they lose in game five in the same way, four games to one, that the Miami Heat lost the NBA Finals, what a disappointment after two incredible runs. Miami, the city of Philadelphia, welcomes you with open arms. I think it's worse to lose a Super Bowl in a World Series than it is to lose the NBA Finals in the Stanley Cup Final. That's just me, but two cities that can commiserate together. What a hell of a year for those two. Yeah, maybe worse. I don't know. I would take the Dolphins getting to a Super Bowl or, you know, sniffing a Super Bowl or getting a couple postseason wins. Like, I would take that any day of the week. So I might lose that Super Bowl if you give me the opportunity because it's been so darn long since I've seen a Super Bowl or the Dolphins anywhere near it. 
NBA titles, I've seen those a lot more recently. So from that perspective, you know, maybe it's a little bit flawed the way things have gone in South Florida between those two franchises. Coming up next, what's next for the Miami Heat? We'll go back to the NBA. Joe and Amber is on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast.